but how has having girls uh, changed how you interact with your body? Uh, massively. They see everything and they repeat everything. And I think as I was trying to lose, I'd never been at that point in my life where I was like, I need to lose 20 pounds. I was always pretty lean. I was always pretty fit. I never struggled with weight. I struggled with body image and mm -hmm. I struggled with insecurity and I struggled with what I, how I nourished my body, but I never struggled with weight. And I just assumed when I had babies, the weight would just fall off after I was done breastfeeding or after a certain amount of time. And that was not the case for me. And so I really struggled with my body image and what that meant for me, but also how I looked at myself, I knew was going to be very clearly seen by my daughters mm -hmm. and at the time daughter. And so really kind of as she started getting older, I started noticing that the things that my husband and I were doing, she started picking up. And so it was like, you know, I mean, I remember my own mother looking in the mirror and hating the way she looked. And so I just wanted to be a really good, not that my mother was never a good role model for me. She was a great role model, but I, it was, that's so clear in my mind. Mm -hmm. And so I was really cognizant of that and wanted to not only show my daughter how to love your body, but actually love my body. <laughs> yeah. And those are two very different things. And when you can, when you can combine them, it can be really eye-opening. You have found the place to be. This is the Self-Love Peddler Show. I'm Sophie McCallum, your personal self-love peddler. Please leave the single narrative, airbrushed, beauty bot images you have been forced fed at the door. Here we examine our relationship with our bodies and the many shapes and nuances our bodies have. The only way to end women's cycle of body shaming, judgment, and self-loathing is through a common pact and plan to change the way we collectively think about our bodies and the bodies of those around us. Welcome to the journey. Well, welcome, everybody. I am here with Lindsay Kasupa, who is a holistic health coach. Um, and someone who I have stalked on the internet. No, I haven't been stalking you, but I have enjoyed learning about you and being part of your community community on the internet. And it's so nice to meet you in person. So. Thank you. It's so nice to meet you. Yeah, after this long COVID experience, I don't take meeting people in person for granted anymore. It's such a treat. I know. It's the Zoom world now. The Zoom world now. Well, I'm happy we're here together. Um, and as you have built this amazing business of yours, tell me what has been... Um, when have you found yourself the most stuck? Oh, that's a great question. Um, after I had kids. I found myself so stuck after I had kids because I was comparing what used to work for me to what didn't no longer worked for me after I had kids. And so it really, the last few years, my oldest is nearly four. And so I've gone on this journey and it's really like how I created my business. I went on this journey of healing my body physically, but also my relationship with my body. And kids really teach you a lot of things about yourself, but it really allows you to go in mm -hmm. and discover and realize, have these like deep realizations about you and sitting in that space. And so I really went on this like deep self-development healing journey with myself after babies. And you have two girls. I have two girls, uh, almost two and four. And how has – I'm the mother of three boys, and I always would say that, like, that allowed me to, like, still trash talk my body because I wasn't, like – I didn't have to be anyone's role model, which is, like, 
not correct. I still had to be there. I mean, I, that this was years ago, but I still had to be their role model. And I deserved better regardless. But how has having girls uh, changed how you interact with your body? Uh, massively. They see everything and they repeat everything. And I think as I was trying to lose, I'd never been at that point in my life where I was like, I need to lose 20 pounds. I was always pretty lean. I was always pretty fit. I never struggled with weight. I struggled with body image and mm -hmm. I struggled with insecurity and I struggled with what I, how I nourished my body, but I never struggled with weight. And I just assumed when I had babies, the weight would just fall off after I was done breastfeeding or after a certain amount of time. And that was not the case for me. And so I really struggled with my body image and what that meant for me, but also how I looked at myself, I knew was going to be very clearly seen by my daughters mm -hmm. and at the time daughter. And so really kind of as she started getting older, I started noticing that the things that my husband and I were doing, she started picking up. And so it was like, you know, I mean, I remember my own mother looking in the mirror and hating the way she looked. And so I just wanted to be a really good, not that my mother was never a good role model for me. She was a great role model, but I, it was, that's so clear in my mind. Mm -hmm. And so I was really cognizant of that and wanted to not only show my daughter how to love your body, but actually love my body. <laughs> yeah. And those are two very different things. And when you can when you can combine them, it can be really eye-opening. Hello, wonderful, worthy, self-loving women. I'm thrilled to introduce you to my newest course, Mastering Your Love Centers Through Conscious, Compassionate Self-Love. There's a gold medal in being you waiting for you. Are you ready to accept it? This course is about the ever-evolving process of self-love and self-discovery. If fully embraced just like self-love, it is endless and can deliver boundless results. Through this course, you will find yourself living fully as your greatest you. In Flourish and Fly, my introductory course, we talk about learning to love ourselves. We learn to see that we are worth the gold. Here we take action. Here we grab that gold medal. Remember, you can achieve a silver trying to be someone else, but only you have the right to your gold, to your unique glory. Join me inside of Mastering Your Love Centers through conscious, compassionate self-love and grab your gold. It's already yours for the taking. Are you ready? Join me. Your time is now. Yeah, that whole do as I say, not as I do thing we've realized is um, doesn't work. Like mm -hmm. they're, they're going to do what we do. And the power of example is the strongest teaching mechanism 100%. we have as parents, mm -hmm. right? Like, and I remember I, my mother, my mother actually came to do a podcast yesterday with me and we were supposed to, to talk about body. And I wanted to, because I had a front row seat to how she's spoken about her body and still speaks about her body. My mom was like a model, like the woman's, you know, she's got legs from here to the sky. You know, she's like, she's, she's beautiful on the inside and the outside. But I mean, like, Growing up with a mother who was like, who looked as she did and didn't always say kind and loving things about her body was, had an impact on me. But of the course. first thing she said when she sat down was, um, I'm not going to talk about my body. <laughs> I was like, all right, then. <laughs> Let's talk about how you Let's talked about your body. Now I yeah. talk about my body. <laughs> Let's just read. We talked about something. Totally different, which is absolutely fine. And, you know, 
you know, everything's constantly evolving. And like, just as we have to be forgiving of ourselves, like our moms, like they, they didn't have, I mean, I didn't have, my kids are older than yours. The resources that are available for women who are balancing all this stuff compared to what was available 10 years ago, 20 years ago, it's absolutely phenomenal. The changes, it's so good. It's very different. I mean, parenting is very different. Yes. And you give them the benefit of the doubt. You you say, you know, you did the best that you could with what you had. Right. And I think that's what we all just try to do is we try to do the best we can. Yeah. And my kids let me know when I fall short. And I'm always like, I'm doing the best I can. I'm trying. <laughs> I'm it's trying. All oh, it's all done through humor. Um, so when do you feel the most fulfilled and comfortable in your own skin? Oh, after I get ready for the day. Or straight out of bed. I like always feel really great when I roll straight out of bed. But after I get ready for the day, it gives me a sense of like confidence. I'm like, okay, I'm ready to like tackle the day. I feel great. Let's go. Yeah. I like really try to make an effort to like get dressed every day and do my makeup and do my hair. And some days that doesn't happen and that's fine. But the days that I do, I feel really great about it. Yeah. Absolutely. There is something with uh dressing the part, right? Again, it's power of example just for yourself. Completely, completely. Yeah. I, can, I can see that in my daughter now. She gets so excited every morning. She's like, I'm going to pick out my outfit for school. And she goes and she picks out a dress. She's like so fancy. She just wants the fanciest thing. She's like, give me the fancy headband, mom. Give me the fanciest dress. Give me the fancy shoes. But she just has so much joy in putting her outfits together. It's adorable. I really like watching how my children express themselves through their clothing. It's amazing. It really is such an expression. Yeah. My youngest son, a couple of years ago, he he has to wear a collared shirt, but it could be like a polo shirt and pants to his school. And from a couple of years ago, somehow he ended up with all of these like best buy blue polo shirts. So we had like khaki pants and the blue polo shirt every day. And um, every day we joke that it was like, is it Halloween? <laughs> are you go are you a Best Buy employee for Halloween? That's amazing. <laughs> his greatest brothers gave him so much shit. Um so if your body could give you a nickname, let's like like let's go there and, and imagine that your body is sitting next to you with her personality and she is nicknaming you, what would she say? This might be weird, but the first thing that comes to mind is warrior. <laughs> Amazing. Warrior, because I I think no matter what I've been through or what I've put my body through, I always find my way through to the better side, to the to the grown side yeah um the light side the light side and feel really good about it and where i am and i feel empowered and confident in like my daily decisions and where i am with my relationship to my body amazing what's been the hardest part about your relationship with your body um i think silencing all of the noise from diet culture and all of the the shoulds or should haves and the what works for friends or what you read you should be doing and kind of learning. I mean, I spent the better part of my life doing all of those things mm. that you're quote unquote supposed to be doing. And I think it's, it's not about that. Yeah. It's not a one size all one size fits all approach. It's very bio-individual. It's unique to you. And it took me a very, very long time to learn that and figure out how to apply that in my life. But once you can silence the noise and stop the comparison, mm -hmm. you can find what feels good to you. And when you know what feels good to you, you can do more of that. 
And I mean, I've created a whole business around this. This is how I live my life every day now. And I feel incredible. I wake up every day and I'm like, let's do it. Let's go. <laughs> There's no Monday scaries. There's no like, of course, I still have days where I don't feel 100%. But I think it's just all about figuring out what works for you and comparing it to what will work for you in the future. Mm -hmm. And so just sitting in that place, I think, has been like my deepest discovery of what works for me doesn't work for you. And that's okay. It doesn't have to be this works for everyone. Everyone should do this diet. Everyone should do this spin class. Everyone should get on your Peloton bike every morning. And sure, that works for some people. But well, it's never doesn't worked work. for everybody. Right. Exactly. Like, there's never been. Everyone is unique. Right. So everybody needs unique things. Everybody is unique. And so when you think about it like that, you kind of take a different perspective on it mm -hmm. where you can really zone out and figure out what works for you. Well, that, not the shoulds. Right. Stop shooting on yourself. And what I, I too, my business, it's all about like embracing what is uniquely you and fully you because, you know, there's a quote that I love that's like, once you love yourself, there is no, um, I forget what it is. There's no enemy. There's no, there's no like, you have no rival. You feel That's at what home. It is. You feel at home. You, yeah. You have body. no rival because it's irrelevant. There's no comparison. Mm -hmm. You feel at home. Exactly. Yeah, it's a home. return. It is. It's a, It's very much a return because it, I mean, anybody that has kids has seen this. Like we all have an intuition. There's always, there's this gut feeling and our kids just act on it. They do what they want to do and they don't know any better. And then we kind of learn to ignore it over time. But it's not there to tell you what you want to know. It's there to tell you what you need and what you need more of and what you need less of. And, and what you, what you like do really know. And what you do know. You do and know. listening to that. Right. Someone once said, if you want to learn, see proper posture, watch a toddler walk. Like, And they do. They lead with their nipples. like they, And they just sort of like, they go. You know, and they go Confident, and they go and they bravely go. bravely strong. They just Right. Go. They fall and they get right back up again. 100%. It's amazing. And then all of these things get thrown at us. And I love that post-COVID, I mean, you're a coach, I'm a coach. Post-COVID, the whole coaching industry has exploded. Booming. <laughs> and it's wonderful. You know, it'll take some years to see who wants to keep going with it and who doesn't. But it's this idea that, like, I think at home, everybody was like, oh, my God, like, I'm going to return to myself now. Like I have some space and yeah. some time and all this stuff I've been told I have to do is no longer available. So I'm going to go in and like the, like a, there were a lot of amazing personal journeys during this time period. I mean, it's amazing. It, it And it's funny. I was just talking about this with somebody this morning. And during COVID was obviously a very difficult time for everyone. Mm -hmm. But for the people that were paying attention and – really listening to themselves, there was a lot of realizations and a lot of discoveries. And uh, yes, there's this booming coach industry now. And I think that's great. And I hope it works out for everyone. But it's let's join hands and have it be a ripple effect. Mm -hmm. Like have it be every coach just wants to help. Right. And they want to help everyone. And so if we can just like join hands, we can all do it together. And I, I would also say never trust a coach without a coach. 100 percent. My I see my coach every other Tuesday and it is like I cannot wait. Yeah. I yes. cannot and the, wait. The, the coach can change. Like I've had many different coaches since I've launched my own business. I just signed a new one last week and started working with her. I had our first session yesterday and I was like, this is so amazing. Just gives you a new perspective. Mm -hmm. The best thing about a coach is it gives you a new perspective and it holds you accountable. Mm -hmm. And accountability is like such a big piece of creating something new. You need someone there to check in. 
yeah. whether that's yourself or a friend or a coach or a partner, which most people don't want their partner, but it the accountability piece is such a big piece. So I always ask my clients, I'm like, how can you hold yourself accountable? Right. Like, I'm here for you, but how can you do it for yourself? Right. I won't be here for you forever. How can you build this into your own life mm-hmm. and really have it be this way to create this relationship with yourself? Yeah. And I find when I'm asked that question, I often say, like, my telling you that I'm going to do this is enough. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like just getting it outside of my head and outside speaking of it. my body and speaking my desires and speaking my truth is like, that's enough. Like now 100%. I owe it to myself to follow through. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. It's awesome. So if you went out to lunch with your body, we're going to rip your body out and put it on the outside again. <laughs> um, what is the first question she'd ask you? Oh, why did it take you so long to take care of me? <laughs> And what would you say? I would say I didn't know any better. I just did what I thought I was supposed to be doing. I followed the rules, the diet culture rules, um, and the people around me. And then I started asking why. And when I started asking why, I had a lot of answers pop up that did not align with what I was taught. And so I think it, it that was very eye-opening for me, knowing that I thought that I was healthy even in high school, I thought I was being healthy. I was super restrictive. I would avoid carbs like the plague. I was doing very strenuous workouts because I had to burn off everything I ate. And just like that mentality created this very stressful relationship with my body where I didn't like what I saw. I was never happy with the results, no matter what the scale said. There was a certain weight that I had to reach and I had to stay there. There was all these rules and restrictions I put on myself. And I don't do that anymore, thankfully. <laughs> I still catch myself. There's definitely moments where you're like, you're yeah. not going to get me this time. I am. Uh, I was making my, my lunch today because I like to pack my own lunch. And I used to be like a very thoughtless spender. And so now I'm like, I love being like I get off and being like super, not cheap, but thrifty, yeah. you know? So like I'm packing my lunch this morning. And there were ingredients missing to, like, make the wrap I wanted. And then I was like, oh, I can make a sandwich. Like, I have really good bread. But then instantly I was like, can I eat that bread? I was like, jeez, like, of course you can eat the bread. Like, (laughs) it's, like, beautiful. Like, farmer's market, like, whole wheat sourdough. Like, couldn't be – I mean, you can eat any bread you want. But the fact of the matter is, like, just just eat. It can sneak back up on you. And you just have to do it over and over and over and over again. That's how you create any new habit, right? Right. Just repetition. Right. And like I'm going out for a big dinner, so I'm going to have a light lunch. Like, no, just eat. Yeah. Just eat. Or like I ate really good this week, so I'm going to have whatever I want this weekend. Or I'll start a diet on Monday. Or I remember I did. um, What was there? was a diet I did in the 90s. It was like body – I think it was body for life. And it had like – Integral training, like cardio. I just remember like you run slow, then you run really, really fast. Like I remember doing that. And the what I remember most from this diet is there was a cheat day. And like I I used to say that I was born without the moderation gene, but I realized that that was just like a limiting belief and like a story I was telling myself. Totally. That, like I can be just as moderate as the next person. I just have to set intention and follow through. But that was back when I was like, I'm an all or nothing girl. So I was eating like 
polio string cheese and like carrot sticks all week. And then on Sunday, which is my cheat day, like I would make a list of everything I wanted to eat. And it was like amazing. Like it was so awful. And it's, well, it's, it's, it's not awful because that's what diet culture told you you had to do in order to look now a certain I see way. It as, right. But and it was effective for like a few months. It was yeah, super effective. It's effective until like your stress hormones go into overdrive and then you're right. like, I just need to eat real food. Yeah, and your willpower <laughs> runs dry. I was talking with someone recently on one of these podcasts and I did say like running on willpower is like trying to drive your car across the country on one tank of gas. Like you're going to yep. poop out somewhere in Connecticut. Yeah, and it's, <laughs> right. It's like it's not about willpower. It's about figuring out. And like my whole thing now is keep it simple. Right. Health can be so simple. It doesn't have to be overwhelming. It doesn't have to be stressful. It doesn't have to be chaotic. It doesn't have to mean restrictions and dieting and the treadmill every day or going to a class. It can be so simple. Mm-hmm. And when I figured that out and like really pulled back my own routines of the salads for lunch every day, like couldn't have pizza or carbs or pasta or any of the things that I really wanted for dinner – I now work out for like 20 minutes every day by my bed, and it's like yoga or Pilates flow. That is exactly what I do. And it, it's gentle. It feels great. I'm in mm-hmm. the best shape of my life. I eat what I want, but what I want has changed. Yep. And it's changed because now I just want something that nourishes my body. I Absolutely. want something that doesn't make me bloat. I want something that gives me energy so I can keep up with my kids. I want something that I'm not going to be starving in an hour. I want something that actually like fuels my body. Mm-hmm. That feels good to me. One thing I have found for me, I also try to keep it simple. I try to move for 20 minutes a day. And if I've had a busy, hard day and I'm exhausted, I sleep. <laughs> That's okay. Rest. You rest know, is like important. rest is so important. But um, as someone in perimenopause, um, your caloric needs shift drastically at the end of your 40s. So one thing that I have done is I have minimized how much I eat just because if you look at like what you need to sustain yourself. It goes down. Mm-hmm. Like I talked to my dad who's turning 89 on Sunday and like we talk about it all the time. Like he has had to just like cut back, cut back, cut back, not because he wants to be restrictive, but because he's aware of what his caloric needs are. And that just shifts. And you don't have to do that. Like I chose to do that. You can just choose to like get a little bigger as you get older and love yourself as is and like no harm, no foul. But it's the consciousness. It's knowing. It's having the knowledge. It's having the intention. And all of that is wonderful. But I just like what I always say, move more and eat a rainbow. Yeah. Eat variety. Right. And figure out what feels good. What what feels good to you? What actually feels good? Not what do you want? What feels good to your body? And noticing that because when you eat, your body feels a certain way, whether you realize it or not. And it's paying attention to that. If you eat a huge bowl of creamy pasta, how does your body feel? If it feels fine, great. Mm -hmm. If you're bloated and you're tired and you're just like so sluggish for the next few hours, maybe next time you stop and you pause and you like then can make a conscious decision. There's so much power in that taking a pause when you're confronted with something and and that's in that space that you can, I call it the feel good library. Like you can build your feel good library of all the things that feel good to you. So you can do more of that and less of what doesn't. I love what you're doing because it's so empowering to have women operating from a place of care, self-love, growth, instead of like what we are sneakily told is appropriate, which is operating from a place of like shame and loathing. 
Shame is at the root of so much. Yeah. So keep on doing what you're Thank doing. Thank you. It's amazing. It's fun. I just try to embody what I'm doing and how I healed my relationship and my body and my clients' relationships with their bodies and try to spread the love. Well, keep it up. Thank you. Thank you. It was so nice chatting. You too. If you are craving to go deeper on your self-love and body love journey, please join me inside my private Facebook group, The Self-Love Shack. We meet once a week to continue our discussions and go deeper. You can also check out my self-love courses and coaching options at selflovepeddler.com. Follow the link in the show description for more details. I leave you with this. The only way to end women's cycle of body shaming, judgment, and self-loathing is through a common pact and plan to change the way we collectively think about our bodies and the bodies of those around us. Sending you peace.